Thank you so much for tuning in to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. Today, I'm going to be talking about spiritual fullness in Christ, okay? People ask, well, how do I change? How does God transform me? How do I get rid of these things? How do I uh, put off that old nature? What does that look like? And a lot of my one-on-one mentorings, we go into this in, in, in depth, which is awesome. And I give people practical information like every day, like how I deal with these things and how I have overcome them by um, just following the word of God, but what that looks like uh, in my everyday life. And so again, if you guys want a one-on-one, if you want to speak to me uh, because you're struggling with homosexuality or you have a child that is in the LGBTQ and you're just like, I don't know how to be Christ to them, right? I would love to definitely have a one-on-one with you via Zoom. If you feel comfortable with that, you can go to my website, www.loveatthecross.com, and you can send me an email. So talking about spiritual fullness in Christ, I was reading Colossians 2, and this totally blessed me. And I'm a little sick, okay? So I don't have COVID, okay? But uh, sorry for all of this going on in my face, so bear with me. We are going to go over Colossians 2, 8 through 15, 8 through 14. So stay with me. Stay tuned, okay? Let's go. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all All our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So verse eight, it says this, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Now, there was once uh, a period in my Christian walk to where I really couldn't entertain um, people's conversation where they talked about a faith or belief system that uh, was not the word of God, because I was still building my foundation as a Christian. I had a guest on uh, this past week, Marco, who's one of my absolute uh, favorite people in the world, and we have totally different belief systems. uh, I am ex-LGBTQ. He is LGBTQ. I am Christian and I follow the biblical word of God. And he lives more of uh, more by spirituality, right? And we had a really good conversation just about uh, friendships across the divide uh, of different belief systems and things like that. And it was awesome. Check it out if you have not. 
But there was a time in my life to where I could not do that because I was still building my foundation as a Christian. And I think a lot of us need to take that time, especially when we are becoming solidified in our belief system and God is speaking to us and he's trying to change different things within us. He's trying to shape our mindset because our mindset has been shaped by the world. So when we come to God, God's like, okay, I need to transform you by the renewing of your mind. And so this is a process that's ongoing. But in the beginning, it is so critical that we do not let other things come and interfere when God is trying to set us in the word of God. So this is saying, don't let anyone take you captive. Um, Sorry, it says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. There's so many, uh, so many ideas out there that seem Christian, right? It seems like it's, it could be a part of Christianity, but it's a little new age in there. It's a little bit of spirituality in there. It's a little sprinkle, a little bit of this, sprinkle a little bit of that, but it's not the word of God. It's not in here, right? And so as a Christian, this is what I live by. I don't add anything to it. I don't take anything away from it. Christ doesn't, Christ in the word of God, he reminds us that this is what we need to stick to, that he is the truth, the way, and the life, that no one comes to God except through him. So we have to be careful what we allow um, inside of us that, that, that shapes our thinking. So it's saying that these deceptive philosophies depend on human tradition. I love that. And the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. I love that. Okay. Because that's what a lot of, um, other thought processes are, you know, and again, if, if you are not Christian, fine. If you believe in some other form of of what I am reading, that's you, okay? But I'm just talking about people who live by the word of God and the word of God alone and who follow it to a T, um, who try to, right? Because we aren't perfect. I do not follow it to a T. Um, uh, but I aim and I strive to. So when it comes down to this, if we look at the world around us, there's a lot of spiritual and human traditions, and it's ever evolving. Look at the culture that we live in, right? Um, it's a lot of go by your feelings, right? Go with what feels good. And 10 years ago, it was something a little bit different. I promise you, in 15 years, it will be different, okay? There will be another uh, directional flow to faith. <coughs> Sorry, that people are following. It's ever evolving. A lot of people live by that, that, you know, my faith is evolving into something, I don't know, like just something different. Like I'm growing and I'm evolving. To grow is good, right? But we have to grow in God. But if our faith, our belief systems are always changing based off of our feelings and human tradition, what is it really like founded in? The foundation seems to be shaking. The foundation seems to be built on sand 
or something that will not keep it stable because it's always moving with the flow of, of the culture and of the world. And so if our faith is not rooted in something solid, we're going to believe anything and everything, right? And so this is telling us to not be deceptive to human traditions. Don't go with the flow of man, because let me tell you something. You do not know how people live their life behind this screen. You don't know how I live my life behind this screen. I sit here, I teach, right? I, I, I preach, you know, you guys listen to me and that's awesome, but you have no clue how I live my life. You don't know what my downs look like. You don't know what my valleys look like. You don't know what my slip ups look like. You don't know um, where the areas where I really struggle. And I'm just like, man, I'm not even sure if I'm believing part of this right now, because what I see is just telling me something so different and it's hard for me to shake. You have no clue. So never, ever put someone else on a pedestal. Don't put me on a pedestal ever, because if you put me on a pedestal, I promise you, the longer you get to know me, if you were close to me, forget the screen, but you, if, if you're my friend and you get to know me, you're going to see my faults and my flaws and you'll become disappointed because I'm not perfect and I'm not living up to the expectation that you had of me, right? And that's what we do with a lot of people, people around us. We put their belief systems on a pedestal because it looks like they have it all together. Let me tell you something. None of us have it all together. We look at the word of God. The only one perfect was who? Jesus. Only one. He had disciples. They weren't perfect. There are characters in the Bible who have lived uh, hard lives, amazing lives, um, where God says, man, these people had great faith. This person loved me. But looking at the stories, they were imperfect. They sinned. They messed up. They struggled with insecurities. And so we have to be careful what we give our focus to. We do. Never put someone in the place of God, ever, 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 ever. So again, don't be deceived by human traditions and human philosophies because they are always built on sinking sand. Always. Um, let's keep moving forward. Verse nine, it says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. So you're saying, man, like, um, I want to be totally, um, right with God. I want to be in right standing with God. You know, um, I want to be complete, all of that stuff. This is saying that in Christ, in Christ, there is all fullness right there. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And so in him, we have been brought to that fullness. It doesn't say we're going to be perfect. It doesn't say that we aren't going to be without temptation. It doesn't say that we aren't going to struggle with sin. It doesn't say that we aren't going to struggle with our flesh, but it's saying that in Christ and the Holy Spirit who lives in us, right? Because if we follow Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in us. We have the fullness. We have all of the tools that we need to live the Christian life, but we are learning what those tools are. 
We have them, but we don't know how to use them all yet, right? It's like, I love, okay, thank you, God. If you are a rich person and you own, you got money, you got houses, you have a business, and you have a child, are you going to give that child the car, the houses, and make them like, you know, the CEO? No. That child has all that you have, right? You're, you tell your child, hey, everything that I have is yours. Everything. But not right now because you're a baby. You don't know how to use these things. You don't know how to operate in it. But when you come of age, when you develop the maturity and the knowledge and the education and you prove yourself able to deal and handle X, Y, and Z, they're yours. It was yours from the beginning. So when we look at this and it's saying everything we need is in Christ and Christ is on the inside of us, we have to learn. And this is where sanctification comes in. We have to learn and grow into maturity. So in the beginning of my journey with Christ, I would struggle with different things. Like I would struggle with spiritual warfare, dealing with demonic attacks, like literally. And I didn't know what to do. Does that mean that I didn't have all the tools that I needed? No, I had them, but I didn't know how to walk in them. So through going through those ups and downs and realizing okay, uh, what was going on? God was showing me and equipping me how to use the different tools. He, he began to pull up Ephesians 6 and explain the full armor of God, what that meant, what that looked like to put it on. He began to, to, to show me, this is what it looks like when you keep me first. This is what it looks like when you don't keep me first. It's, it's, it's saying, you know what? I got it, God. I'm going to do it my way. And so we end up dealing with uh, these negative things because we're just like, ah, forget it, God. And so the enemy's like, oh, you're going to come play with me now? Yes. Okay, let's go. You know, and we wonder why we're going through this. But the more we allow God to give us understanding of how to put on the word of God, prayer, worship, praying in the spirit, Spending time in the presence of God. Ephesians 6, putting on the helmet of salvation, knowing, knowing that you are saved through grace, right? Because the enemy wants to say, oh, you aren't saved because you keep messing up and you keep doing this. So therefore you aren't saved. No, it's, it's, it's learning and growing in and knowing that, you know what? When I gave my life to Christ, it was done. Like on the cross, it is finished. But we have to really begin to learn to grow and, and, and exercise, um, exercise the word of God so that we can become spiritually mature. You look at people and you're just like, man, they're killing it out there uh, when it comes to different issues in their life. They know what to do. They're handling it. Yeah, but when they were a babe in Christ, they were just like you, a hot mess, not knowing what to do, going to every prayer partner they could because they didn't want to exercise their spiritual maturity. Like they didn't want to grow in it. So they wanted someone else to fight their battle for them. Right. And so sometimes we'll go to people for prayer over and over again, instead of going to prayer for ourselves and doing the hard work. Um, 
And so when it comes to our identity in Christ, what does it say? It says that we're chosen, chosen by God, that we are adopted by God. The Bible says that um, I am a child of God in his family, that God has forgiven us all of our sins, that I am reconciled to God in harmony with him. The Bible says that I am seen by God as holy, blameless, above reproach. It's not about what you feel. It's about what the word of God says, right? The enemy always wants to just kick you when you're down. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you huddled on that floor in the fetal position. So he tells you everything that would make you feel like, God doesn't love you, God isn't there for you, that God won't help you in your time of need, but you have to know that God is there for you and that God will help you through every trial, through every temptation that you go through. You just, you just have to keep the faith and hold on to his hand. Uh, there's times in my life where I just felt like, man, I couldn't hold on to his hand any longer, any longer. Like life was too difficult. Uh, dealing with depression, all of these things, suicidal thoughts, just a lot of things that I would be struggling with. And all I could do was just say, God, I feel like giving up, but I have this tugging on the inside of me that's telling me just to hold on. When you've done everything that you can do to stand, stand. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 6. When you've done it all, you don't know what else to do. I prayed. I've done it. I don't know what to Just stand. I'm not going to say, forget it. I'm going to go live my life, do whatever I want. Nope. I just stand. I hold on. I just hold on. And God has seen me through every single time. Um, it says, your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith. So, when we talk about putting off that old nature, that old sinful nature, that those old way of thinking and believing and living your life, all that stuff, it's saying, okay, that we were once ruled by the flesh, right? But when we came to God, God raised us from the dead, right? So now we are no longer legally bound to the enemy, right? Those those that that contract has been written um been uh ripped up that contract has been writ, uh ripped up but a lot of us go back to that contract and we start taping it back together right because we're listening to the enemy and the enemy's telling us well you know what um that's not true god didn't really rip up that contract between you and i like you aren't saved through your faith. Get out of here. Right. And so he wants you to reestablish that contract with him. That's what he wants. He wants you to reestablish your relationship with him, the enemy. And so we have to remember that God raised us spiritually from the dead. From the dead. Whatever it is that brought you to God, for me, it was this aha moment where I realized that I could not do anything without him, that my life was a mess without him. When I had that aha moment, I can't take that aha moment back. It's like my eyes were open to the truth. 
you know, um, in my book, An Unconventional Love Letter to the LGBTQ Community, I talk about how in the movie The Matrix back in the day, 90s, um, they had the red pill and the green pill. I think that's what it is. And um, if you take one pill, you'll go back to sleep and you won't remember um, the true reality in which you're living in. You'll go back to that fake reality that we're all living in. If you take the other pill, your eyes will permanently be open and you will see the truth. And so when we come to God, there's an aspect uh, of our lives where God removes the blinders and we see truth. And when we see truth, it just gives us a whole different perspective. It's kind of like, wait a second. I have been believing a lie this entire time, you know? And so um, I love how, how, how God shows us that the enemy is nothing but a counterfeit, nothing but a counterfeit. He will try to give us something that looks pleasing to the flesh. He will try to entice us to think that we are living our best life because he's giving us something that temporarily feels good. But that is nothing to God. Those things fade. Those things wither and those things fade. The only thing that remains the same is the word of God. And so when it comes to spiritual fullness in Christ, in Christ, we have to really acknowledge and submit ourselves to God, period. We have to. You want to grow spiritually. You want to walk in that fullness of Christ Jesus. That means you have to put in the work. You have to grow right? You can't start at kindergarten and say, okay, kindergarten was cool. Let's go to 12th grade. No, you have to go through each step. You have to go through the process. And over time, this Bible begins to come alive in your life. And you aren't believing it just because it's words that you're supposed to believe. You're beginning to believe it because God is making himself known to you and real to you. I hope this edified you. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, again, if you are blessed by this ministry, if you love this ministry, if this podcast bless you, you're watching it on YouTube, please donate to this ministry. Um, your donations give me the ability to be able to minister to people one-on-one in my spare time. Uh, and I love it. I love what I do. I get to speak to people all over the world, China, um, Africa, Canada, um, um, Thailand, all over the place. And I absolutely love it. And I couldn't do that stuff without you. I couldn't do this podcast here without your donations. Um, so thank you again. And check me out on uh, Instagram, on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, thank you again for tuning in to the Victory is Greater Than Struggle and Ex-Lesbian podcast. I'll see you guys next time.